0: Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for June 5th, 2016. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon this morning is entitled Set Apart.
1: This, sur- this summer, we're doing a sermon series that I'm really looking forward to. We look forward to seeing all of you at every Sunday service because you won't get the full effect if you're not here every Sunday of the summer. But we have thought through the phrases and the sentences that we repeat over and over and over again for almost 16 years now. And we want to give a Sunday To each of these sentences or phrases. Give each Sunday its very own, each phrase its very own Sunday. For example, you are loved, you are forgiven, so be at peace, kicks off the first three weeks of the summer. Another week I will talk about what I mean when I talk about the love of God and the way of Jesus. When it comes to money you will almost always hear us say something about being found faithful. It's our hope to be able to offer this blessing as often as possible, and we try especially to be able to do it at funerals, the phrase that we all long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Every sermon that we preach concludes with, may it be so. Why do we say that? What does that mean? And what might it mean as you go about writing the sermons of your life? And at the end of each worship worship service, we end with this phrase, the final word is not ours, but the Lord's. So this summer, we will take a look at all of those phrases. Some years ago, a father was talking to me. Let me go ahead and say this is many years ago. This is about none of you, okay? Okay. Some years ago, a father was talking to me about his teenage daughter who just didn't want to come to church. I know that's a shock that teenagers sometimes don't want to come to church. He wasn't even sure if she believed in God. And every Sunday morning was a battle. She pouted while she was here. She didn't seem to pay attention. She would fidget in her seat. She would huff and roll her eyes. I hate huffing and rolling of the eyes. Tired of the teenage drama and exhausted from the arguments over everything, church finally became something that just seemed like an easy place for this father to give in. I gently asked him to rethink letting this battle go so easily because she seemed to meet trouble everywhere she went. I suggested that here was where she needed to be the most. Sure, she says she's not listening and taking it all in, but I couldn't help but wonder where she might end up in this life when she might just need to recall the words, you're loved, you're forgiven, be at peace. What might happen in her life that she might need to whisper to herself Over and over and over again, like a mantra that might just save her life I am loved. I am forgiven. I need to be at peace. I could just picture her someday, alone and afraid, having alienated enough people that she might be feeling desperate. I wanted her to be able to call those recall those significant words and others like turn the other cheek the first shall be last and the last shall be first I wanted her to be able to remember to love one another and to pray for your enemies there may come a time where she needs to go the extra mile and give the cloak from her back as well. Or maybe she would need to recognize when someone else was doing that for her. Perhaps she'll need to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit someone in prison. Or given her track record, perhaps she might become the faithful recipient of those acts of faith. But either way, If she's not here, she's not going to know the good news. And God knows she needed good news. And there's just not many places this day telling so much good news as the church does. I hope that what I said gave him the courage and the strength to fight this battle a little harder. Because I do believe we have something here worth learning. It's not as hard as biology and calculus as far as understanding it. But the good news of Jesus Christ can be terribly difficult to live. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, completely destroys my line of thinking about this. Believe me, it's not the first time I've wanted to take issue with Paul. You know what he said about women. Are y'all out there? <laughs> he, was the, on, he was a man on fire, first on fire in persecuting the Christians. But once he saw the light, he was on fire with the gospel. And he claims, unlike what I just said, that you need to have your person here all the time hearing every little nugget that we have to say because it's so good. Unlike that, he says what he had within him, that fire that burned in his belly for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ was not something that he learned. He said it was not something that was taught to him by another person, but instead it had been revealed to him. Well, that kind of undoes what I'm trying to do, which is get people to church all the time to hear all the things they need to know about the love of God and the way of Jesus. But Paul says it can just be Revealed, and somehow he just knew in his heart of hearts that, as the text put it, he had been set apart and called by grace. How did he just know this? Surely it was a Sunday school lesson that taught it to him. Will Neremer and Molly French Every single Sunday, stowing up for Sunday school, telling him everything he needed to know. Surely there was a Will and a Molly back then. Surely it was a mission trip that changed his life. Surely it was some craft in vacation Bible school. We still need vacation Bible school leaders, by the way and a female for the mission trip. Surely it was some song that Paul sang in children's choir that revealed it to him. Or surely it was one of those moments when he sobbed his eyes out on the last night of youth camp where he shared his story and then was embraced by the group and felt loved so unconditionally that he knew that he had been set apart and called by grace. Surely he learned all of this at the temple and from some wonderful rabbi that had extraordinary powers of persuasion. Please, somebody tell me my work is not in vain. Or could it be true? Could it be that when you listen deep within yourselves, that you can hear that inner voice that is fueled by the sacred, holy other that created you from the beginning and called you beloved? Could it be that that is just within you? I'm speaking to everybody today, and everybody can listen in, but most especially, I want Max and Jackson and Katie to hear this. Like Paul, you have been set apart, called by grace. You are loved, you are forgiven. So please be at peace. You don't have to wait to the end of your life to know that there have been many moments where you deserve to hear, well done, good and faithful servants. I've seen it on the trips with you when you needed that word said to you. You see, I know you three well enough to know of your deep goodness and your gentle kindness. I know of your ability to laugh. And it's so great to be able to say of all three of you that you honestly look to the needs of others and think beyond just yourselves, which is often not a very teenager thing to do. I think what happened to good old Paul is that he finally allowed himself to open up to the truth of his life that he was so loved by God that the only way for him to respond was to make sure that everyone else knew about all the goodness. God's call on Paul's life was to share the good news, and so that's what he did with wild abandon. Paul was arguably the most influential follower of Christ who never laid eyes on the earthly Jesus. And he shares his faith story with us in order to, and he shared it with the Galatians, in order to encourage them to examine their own experiences for signs of God's call. Later on in the book of Galatians, the letter to the Galatians, he lists off, you've heard the good news and experienced the Spirit and you're working miracles, he said. Maybe that's why I do what I do. Like Paul, I know the truth of the love of God and the way of Jesus. I can testify to how that truth has changed my life. Now, I don't have one of those wonderful, fabulous conversion stories like Paul. No great light, no major turn of character. Mine is rather mundane and a bit boring, but it's what I've got. And just in case it hasn't been revealed to you three yet, or the rest of you listening in, just in case it hasn't been revealed to you yet, then perhaps that is why God gave us to one another in community, to reveal it to each other. So if you haven't felt it from within yourself yet, and you haven't heard it before, Max, Jackson, and Katie, let me reveal it to you now. You are created in the image of God, and God didn't call that just good. God called that very good. Let me reveal to you that your real name is beloved child of God. Let me reveal to you, you are never Alone. Even when you feel that you are most alone, God is with you. Let me reveal to you a community and a family that's behind you. We've got your back. You are ours, and we are yours. And no matter how far you travel, you can always come home. Let me reveal to you, you have been set apart. We don't know what for just yet. And you may never know until you're done. But you have been set apart for something extraordinary, and it's your life's purpose to discover that along the everydayness of your living. And I hope you understand that the extraordinary might be just learning how to listen to someone who needs to tell their story. You have been set apart, called by grace. I have revealed it to you today. Now may you live the rest of your lives and the rest of your lives living out of that goodness. May it be so. Amen.